Take TPV Radio with you 24-7. Just download live 365 app from your Apple or Google Play Store. Like us on Facebook at TPV Radio or www.tpvradionetwork.com. Walk with us, family. Let's go. Yo, what's good? It's your boy, Josiah Khalid. Listen, you're listening to the Summer's Voice Radio. Walk with me. Let's go. You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. The Summer's Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let's go. Starting with the Thomas Voice Reloaded on Sundays at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Then the Thomas Voice presents by booking only Tuesdays. It's the Grub at 1 p.m. Followed by Victory Over the Weights of Life with Sister Deanne Lee Green at 6 p.m. Thursdays, Real Talk. With Pastor Byron Sago at 4.30. Followed by Dorothy Patterson, the reality coach, at 6 p.m. Friday, Music of the Spirit with Trey Milner at 4.30 p.m. And Saturdays is our double hitter. And it starts with Saturdays for Bet with Sister Lorraine Brown, with Roberta Jones at 11 a.m. Central, followed by Brother Don Presents with Pastor Gene Homer at 4 p.m. Also download Live 365 and search the Thomas Voice Radio Network, and you're in there. You can also follow us on Facebook at TPV Radio or visit our website, www.tpvradio.com. RadioNetwork.com. Walk with us, family. Let's go. At Javina Distributing, we got your covering for your winter and summer needs. One size fits all. To order yours today, please message them on Facebook at Javina Distributing or call 616. 616- 929-2991 or 517-489-6923 or you can order from the website www.allsportsheadgear.com and type in promo code SIRON2020 to receive 20% off your purchase. Let's get it. Let's go. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Cover your cough or sneeze. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. And remember, you're safer at home. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by Live 365 and this station. You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. You're listening to Victory Over the Weights of Life. Over the Weights of War. With Sis Diane LeBrand. Right now on TPV Radio. This is Victory Over the Weight of Life with Sister Diane LeBrand.
good. He is great, and he is greatly to be praised. I never thought I would live to see me being this close to half a century. But you know what, homegirl? I don't look Say half what? a century. I look a quarter of it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, yes, Lord. The Lord is good and he's great. And I thank God. I thank God that I am still in my right mind. You go, girl. After all the things that I've suffered, I thank God that I am I am still in a place where where I feel young, where I feel energized. You know, the enemy came at me this year trying to discourage me, even trying to go to the point of trying to kill me. But he forgot who I am. I had to remind him, hey, I am the righteousness. Hey, I had to remind him, I'm the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. And I had to tell him, look here, bro, I shall not die, but I will live and I will declare the works of the Lord. See, when you know who you are, the devil can't punk you like that. When he tell you you this, that's when you come and say, oh, no, baby, ugly who me? No, 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 no. See, I am made in the image of the Almighty God. And he said I am the apple of his eye. So that equates to one word. Simply beautiful. And I know you're saying simply beautiful, Diane, one word. Yep, you heard it. Simply beautiful. <laughs> Amen. We thank God uh, today, Tuesday, first Tuesday of the month, of course. We are, we've always dedicated first Tuesday of the month to domestic violence. Amen. I don't have a guest tonight, so I will be with you for the hour. You have to, you have to put up with me. Amen. You have to put up with me. So go ahead and invite somebody, you guys. Uh, you can listen to us on ttvradionetwork.com. That is T like Tom, P, Peter, V, Victor, ttvradionetwork.com. You can also find us on Blog Talk Radio on TPV Radio Network. Look for the ye- for the lady in the yellow suit. That would be me. Amen. That would be me, my absolute favorite color in the entire world, yellow. So as we start, amen, I just uh, want you to know tonight I'm going to talk about different parts of domestic violence because now that October is over, you're not going to really hear anything about domestic violence, even though domestic violence is, is, is getting more rampant. Even now, so that means there are more women, more children, more men being abused, you know, and not only are they being abused, some of them are getting killed at the same time. But because of the coronavirus, corona has, has overshadowed everything this year, you know, because in the month of October, it's also Breast Cancer Awareness Month, you know, so you barely heard anything of breast cancer awareness, and it was already least of domestic violence. So you know barely anything was said about domestic violence. But I always want to speak because some people, domestic violence is the last thing on their mind. They never have to think of anything that has to do with domestic violence. But then there are some people every day of their life is a struggle. Every day of their life, it's a blow. Every day of their life, it's a slap and a kick. Every day of their life, it's it's a threat. And if you leave me, I'm going to kill you. You tell your mom and dad, I'm going to kill you. You. It, it's always a threat of control, a manipulation. Narcissists right now are living their best life because now they have their victims in a place where they can barely get any help, especially in some of the states here in America where where they basically the police cannot go into certain areas of the country. So the victims that are stuck in the place where the police cannot get to, amen, the only thing, the only thing they have right now is hope. And those of us who can pray, let us continue to pray for them that God brings them out of these situations. Because no abusive situation is fun or nice. It's painful mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, sexually, and some even spiritually. So uh, I put a post today on my Facebook page in regards to, to verbal abuse. 
So anytime somebody use insulting words, anytime somebody use words to cut you down, to put you down, to make you feel bad about yourself, that's what you call verbal abuse. They are using their mouth to just destroy you. So they will say things to you if you try to cook, you know, sometimes, especially if you have children, you might have a pot on the stove and you see your baby about to get into something and you jump, you run over there, not realizing, you know, the, the, the pan is still on the stove and, you know, just it might spill over, maybe even burn a little bit. So they'll, the a verbal abuse will come look at you. You can't boil water. You, I, I don't even know why you cook. Your food and have no taste. So they just belittle and they cut down and they tear down. And for a lot of people, they don't realize uh, verbal abuse does not go away when the sentences are finished, when the put-downs and the cut-downs are finished. See, a lot of victims of domestic abuse, the one who suffer from verbal and emotional abuse, those are the ones that are more likely, more likely to commit suicide. Because when you hit somebody, and, and when you hit somebody, the bruise can go away. The scratches can go away. You know, I've, I've, my arm was almost broken one time, but now I can't even tell you I have no pain. But that does not mean because I don't feel that part of the physical abuse. That don't mean sometimes the things that homeboy said to me, the things that my mother said to me, does not, that does not mean it does not come back. See, our mouth is very, very powerful. See, when God created the heavens and the earth, he didn't use his hands or his feet. He spoke. The Bible tells us he spoke. So your words and my words have power your words and my words it has power to uplift somebody and just as quick as it can uplift somebody it can tear somebody down just the same some people they say i have thick skin i can take it but let me tell you something after you've been after you've been called dumb enough after you've been called stupid enough after you've been called a whore enough after you've been called the b word enough after a while you start to believe that because the Bible tells us faith cometh by hearing. And remember, everything God does, the enemy perverts it. So if faith cometh by hearing, what do you think come by all the nasty words and the words that are not uplifting but condescending and treacherous to, to a person's psyche? It brings fear. It brings intimidation. It brings lack of lack of self-love. It brings self-loathing. You come to a place where you have no self-esteem, where you have no self-worth. That's why you see some women, after they've been through abuse so long, they don't take care of themselves anymore. They don't. They don't. They might pull their hair back in a ponytail. They they just don't take care of themselves anymore because somebody told them over and over, "You're nothing. You're fat. You're skinny. You're dumb." You're stupid, you're too tall, you're too short, you too, you know what I'm saying? What other man is going to want you? So they, they just tear you down. And sometimes even though when you have left that situation and you walk away, you even try to start a new life every now and then because the devil is a low-down, dirty dog. He will always bring these words back to your mind. And even though you are gone from that person, they are still abusing you because the words that they spoke remain in you. That's why you hear mothers and, and, and people, they tell kids, you ain't going to be nothing. You're going to be just like your no good broke daddy end up in jail. You're going to be nothing but like your whorish mama. You ain't going to be nothing. You ain't gonna... And what happened to the kids? They grow up, and the words that they spoke manifested. And then they say, I don't know why this boy is like that. I don't know why this girl is like that. Because you spoke the words over them. So if we speak these evil words and they tear you down, that means speaking words gives life. If you speak life, that word of life will bring life. These abusers, they know what they're doing. 
You think they don't know they can see when the blood begins to just drain out the face of their victim when they keep cussing them and insulting them and tearing them down and all these things? They can see it. And after a while, they just give up. Just give up. And some people, like I say, they much rather kill themselves rather than remaining in a household, remaining in a marriage, remaining in a relationship where you have to be constantly put down. And like I say, sometimes you go away, you can't get over it. That's why so many uh, victims, they drink, they smoke, some God have mercy through crack, heroin, you know, because they're trying to escape the words, the toxicity that lives in them, but they don't realize the alcohol and the smoke, the crack, the cocaine, it cannot erase nor alleviate that. The only thing and the only person that can do that is Jesus. So when you come out of another, come out of a relationship that was verbally abusive, it takes a lot of work. Because now you have to transform your mind. You have to transform by the renewing of your mind. How do you do that? You know, as a Christian, I'll tell you, get Christian counseling. Because I tried getting uh, worldly counseling, worldly therapy. A lot of these therapists, a lot of the counselors, they have no clue what domestic abuse is. Some of them, the only knowledge they have is the book knowledge. And I'm not saying they're not good, and I'm not saying they don't have their place, but let me tell you something. The reason why many women reach out to me for verbal, mental, physical, emotional abuse, because I've been there. So when they tell me something, I understand how it feels when they say he called me the B word. I understand the dagger that goes through your heart because this is the person that tell you I love you and you are my lady and they turn around and they call you the B word. It destroys the woman. It destroys her self-esteem. So I understand that. So many women walk around with their heads down. Why? No self-esteem. And they're not walking around with their heads down because they're ugly. But the way they walk around, they feel ugly. They walk into a room and they see other women with self-confidence and they feel bad about themselves. How do you know that? I've been there. I've been there. So verbal abuse, it goes not just into your ears. It goes into your soul. Because in your soul is where you have your memory, where you have your will. It's in your soul things come back to your mind. And when it's in your soul, the only person that can save your soul, the only person that can wash your soul, again, is Jesus. So if you've been through verbal abuse, and the words are still lingering in your mind. The ugly things, the put-downs, the tear-downs, the embarrassment, the shame, the insult, the cutting down. If you still have these things popping up in your brain, popping up, it's not just in your brain anymore. That thing is in your soul. That's why some of y'all not eating, because it's in your soul. Oh, that's why some of you overeat, because you're trying to take that pain away. So verbal abuse is the word that are used to tear you down, to cut you down, to destroy you, to uh, emasculate men, to call them punks and, and sissies, and, and to tell them, you know, you're not satisfying in bed, and to call them mama boys and stuff like that. That's verbal abuse, how you tear a man down. You do that to children. You tell them they're stupid. You're never going to learn. You're never going to amount to nothing. You're just going to end up in prison. And all these wicked things that we speak into our children, into our spouses, and we wonder why our prisons are getting filled by the day, and you wonder why there are more and more divorces being filed every day. Because you don't want to be, and I don't want to be, and I don't want you to be in a place where every day you are nothing what God made you. You are always something less than dirt. And I don't believe that God wants his children. I've heard pastors preach 
Once you get married, you stay in it because what God have joined together, let no man put asunder. Let me tell you something. I don't agree with that because the Bible said what God, what God, what God. There are some uh, marriages that was not put together by God. I know the day I got married. I knew my marriage wasn't going to last. I knew if my marriage had passed five years, it would have done a whole lot. And guess what? It made exactly five years and it was over because God did not put it together. I wanted it because I felt like I needed somebody to teach me how to love myself. I needed somebody to tell me I was awesome. I could not look in the mirror and see that for myself. Why? Because of previous abuse. And some abusers, when they find broken people, they love them because half the work is already done. So an abusive man, a narcissistic man will find a woman that's already broken. Oh, yeah, half his work is done. He just got to come and find out where the last person left off, and he takes right from there. Amen. And he just keep going, or she just keep going. So I wanted to, to, to say to you, don't let anybody call you what God didn't call you, okay? I don't think God wants his children in a place where all these ugly words are being said to them. And then we get in the Bible and we cannot allow the word of God to come into us because as women, the people, the person that's calling us ugly and nasty, the person that have raped us and sexually abused us is a man. And here we go. God is a man. So you telling me all this thing. I'm reading the Bible. God is a man. It puts you in a a very difficult place to trust God because if every man you've loved has hurt you, Every man you've loved have disappointed you. God is a man. So people will say, now, I don't trust God because when he saw me going through that, he didn't come through. When he, you know what I'm saying? And there are men. God is a man. He's supposed to be my father. What kind of a father would sit by and watch a woman smack me around, take my money, degrade me, call me names? What kind of father would let his son uh, let another man come and, and, and sodomize him? But we have to remember, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And for me, that was one of the ways I had to look at my mother, and I had to look at my ex-husband, and I had to look at my godfather, and I had to look at my mother's boyfriend, best friend that molested me. I had to say, it's not the person, but it is that spirit working through them. Because we understand that the enemy, he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, and that's what he's coming to do. So we do not get in the place where God has purposes to be. We all have a purpose. The enemy tried to find all of our Achilles heels, and he tried to hit us there. Because if he hit us there, there's a great probability that we will not reach the potential that God has created in us. I heard Dr. Miles Monroe said, the richest place on earth is not in Saudi Arabia with all the oil. It's not in Africa with all the diamonds and, and all the jewelry. The richest place in the world is in the cemetery. People who had dreams, people who had ideas would have revolutionized the world, make huge differences. People who God could have used to bring, to, to, to come with a, a, a vaccine for cancer and, 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 and lupus. And there are all these people in the grave. Some of them died. Some of them took their own lives never came into fruition what God have called them to do because the enemy put them in a place where somebody said to them, you ain't nothing, you ain't ever going to be nothing, you're just like your whorish mama, you're just like your pimp woman beating daddy, no wonder he's spending life in jail now, and you keep hearing that stuff, and you keep hearing that stuff, and I'm telling you, the words that they say about you are false. The words that God is true. 
the voice you need to hear, the words that you need to rely on, the words that you need to allow to get in your psyche, to get in your soul, is the word of God. Because the word of God is a seed. And the more of that seed you put in you, as it begins to take root and as it begins to grow, more of that junk is going to come out of you. And that's how we become testimonies. That's how we we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of our testimony. Alcohol is not going to fix the hurt. Sex is not going to fix the hurt. Whatever it is, you can be a man and you can go towards another man. Being gay is not going to fix it. Being a lesbian is not going to fix it. Like, Like I spoke last week, a lot of women who have been abused, most of the strippers, most of the porn stars, a lot of them are victim of sexual abuse. Somebody raped them when they were little. A lot of these women, they are so lost. They feel, for me to have sex, I have to say so. Because in saying so, I am still in control. They're still in control. Because like I say, and I will say over and over, we really need to teach on sexuality in the church. We really need to do an in-depth talk about sex in our churches. All we hear about sex is don't have sex before you get pregnant, before you get married. Don't have sex, and if you get pregnant, Lord, have mercy. Don't have sex before. And we understand why. It is a sin. It is fornication. You are sinning against your own body. But can you please tell me what happens to me when I have sex with people? When you have sex with people, you become connected. There is a soul tie that bonds. If a man and a woman gets married and they never have sex, do you know they don't get a divorce? Their marriage is annulled. But if you have sex, you have to get a divorce. And that reminds me of of, uh, the book of Genesis when Abraham told his servant to go and find a wife for Isaac. And he told him exactly where to go. When the servant saw Rebecca, when he brought Rebecca home, the Bible says Isaac took Rebecca into his mother's tent. And from that day forward, Rebecca became his wife. Why? Because every time you get, you have sex with somebody, the woman at the well, you had had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your own. So every time we have sex, that's why we get caught up. That's why you have people talking about, oh, you sprung. It's not that you're sprung. It's that now there is a soul tie. And the only way to get rid of that soul tie is to have Jesus come in and dismantle it. So for a lot of victims who have gone through sexual abuse, who are on the pole, who are, who are doing these pornographic movies and stuff, all they're doing is trying to get their power back. Because what you don't realize, your sexuality is the most powerful things you have. Sex have brought down great men. Sex have brought down leaders in the churches. Sex have brought down corporations. It's because we just think sex. And, and we don't think of the repercussion. We don't think of what happens in, in the in not in the natural but in the spiritual when two people come. Jesus said when you come together no longer are you two, you are one. You're one. That's why if you get married, you never had sex. We just annul this. Because you are still one person and one person. But when you get married, no longer are you two, but you are now one. So sexual abuse affects anything that has to do with sex. So that's rape. That is sodomy of, of, of young boys and young girls. That is touching. That is fondling. That is these grown, nasty, ridiculous men that needs to have a noose around their head, sticking their tongues down the throat of children. 
that goes for men and women who molest kids, who tie them down with duct tape, who do these things. All of y'all, all of them, let me say it like this, all of them needs, <laughs> Lord Jesus, needs to have an hour with me. Let me say it like <laughs> Let me say it like that. Amen. But, but we have to remember, again, God can heal you of verbal abuse. God can heal you of sexual abuse. When a man marries a woman who was a victim of rape or a victim of sexual abuse as a child, you have got to be very careful how you deal with that woman because married, there are some ways. My husband, you, you, nah, bro, you can't touch me like that. You can't put your hands there, not until I invite you, because I am in control now, because somebody took over my power, so now I refuse to let anybody do that. And any woman who have been in that place, there are some reservations. You can't just smack it up, flip it, and rub it down, not until you get the go for it, because there are, there are women who have been in bed with their husband. I was one of them. And in the midst of, of, of being intimate with your husband, tears are running down your face. You know why? They never paid attention to you being not okay with certain things they want to do because of what happened to you. And one of the things my ex-husband would say would say to me, you need to get over it. You need to get over it. You need to get over it. I'm like, you don't even understand. And that's a lack of love from husband to wife. That's a lack of concern. That's a, that's a sign of, of just being selfish, just to get your rocks off and, and move on to your business. Because any man, if you love your wife, and she has explained to you, I was a victim of sexual abuse. And when she said, these are my triggers, if you love her, you don't go there. Because you don't want her to trigger. You don't want to trigger her, put her into a place of PTSD, and all of a sudden, she hates you. She can't stand you. Don't touch me. She's going to sleep in those long flannels with her head tied with them granny panties all the way under her breast, protecting herself by all costs. So you have to be careful if you are with a woman who have been sexually abused. As on speaking on a man, I have no clue because I'm not a man. But I would love to have a brother speak about something like that. So we women, we too can understand because we want our mates to understand us. So we need to make an effort to understand our men as well. Because, again, don't forget, abuse goes both ways. Men abuse women. Women abuse men. Are they any better than the other? In my words, they're both scum. They're both scum. Okay? So that takes us to physical abuse. Physical abuse is any time somebody put their hands on you. I've heard some women say, oh, he didn't punch me. He hit me, but it was an open hand. He slapped me, but he didn't punch me. Okay? Did it not hurt? It still hurt. Did it not make you feel bad about yourself? Anytime somebody put their hands on you to cause pain, anytime somebody take their hands and they wrap their hands around your neck and begin to squeeze until you black out. Anytime somebody take a belt or a stick and they beat you, anytime somebody put their hands on you to cause you pain, to make you cry, to break a bone, to fracture, to leave a bruise, to leave a bump, to leave anything, that's physical abuse. It's physical abuse. There are a lot of men who and a lot of women, they know they know where to hit the victim so the bruises and the bumps and stuff can be hidden. A lot of them, they wouldn't hit on the arm past the, uh, uh, past the elbow down. They will hit in the upper arm 
close to the elbow, to the shoulder. They will hit in the back. They will hit in the back, in your back where your lungs are. They will punch you in your thigh. They will hit you in your head. Have you dazed and wobbly. Next thing you know, you pass out. It's called physical abuse. Your, they bust your lips. They bust your nose. You're walking around with a black and blue eye with an ice pack. No, honey, it's abuse. You deserve better, whether you are a man or a woman. Nobody have the right to put their hands on you. That's not love. God did not give us hands to, to, to punch and knock out each other and then turn around and say, I love you. It's not love. And if you are in that kind of relationship, you need to get out just as if you are in a relationship where there is sexual abuse, just as if you are in a relationship where there is verbal abuse, okay? So now we're going to talk a little bit on emotional abuse. So we're just going to have a quick rundown tonight, the first Tuesday of November, amen? It's all dedicated to domestic violence. So I want you to pay attention. I want you to listen because I want you to see what category that you fall in. Not because he doesn't hit you, doesn't mean he's not abusive. Not because he doesn't hold you down and rape you. Not because he doesn't call you nasty names. That, is, that doesn't mean he's not abusive. There is an abuse called emotional abuse. And emotional abuse has to do with your heart. It has to do with your emotion. It has to do with somebody withholding love from you. It's holding emotional abuse is like somebody holding your nose and your mouth and every so often releasing to take a quick breath. That's what emotional abuse, because you are stifling, you are suffocating for something that is supposed to be natural. The Bible tells us that we must love our neighbors as ourselves. And how can you love me if you're holding what I so desperately need from me? How can you? How can you hijack your love for me? Because I'm not doing what you think I should do. Because I'm not acting the way you think I should act. I remember there were, I never, I always thought you had to be alone to be lonely. But that's not true. And, and, and oh, when I, listen to me, y'all. If you with somebody and God is showing you over and over that person is not right for you, please. Let them go. Let them go tonight. Tell them, pack their bags, hit the dough. Jack, don't you come back no more. Do not let God show you over and over that that person that you are desperately trying to hold on to is not right for you. I remember sitting there, and he was just so dumb. He's still dumb to this day. <laughs> And we're sitting there watching television, and he's on the chair, and I'm on the couch. And it would have been better if he was 3,000 miles away. Because by that, it would give me a reason to be lonely. I did not know you can be sitting feet, two, three feet away from somebody, and you're still lonely. I had no idea your heart can be can be starving just for a hug. I, I never understood that. And then he said, see, I'm spending, this is what spending time with you is. I'm like, no, this is not spending time with me. We just happen to be in the same room at the same time. Spending time is acknowledging me. Spending time is talking to me. Spending time is having a conversation. You say something, I say something, and what I say, even if it does not coincide or agree with what you said, does not make me stupid. And there are so many women. You guys are in a place where you can barely breathe because your heart is in a chokehold. Your heart is desperately seeking what the person who say love you should so 
freely give you. There are so many of you men. You work hard. You buy her jewelry. You take her to the expensive restaurant. She has every name brand in her closet. You do all these things, and you still cannot get the love, appreciation, and, and to receive you the way you would want to be received. You women cooking and cleaning, making sure your hair is done and did, making sure you stay in it. You're doing all this, all this new lingerie, everything. And you come home, grab a bear, go to bed. And your heart is desperate. Your heart is needing that, that connection to just let you know, okay, I'm here for you. I got you. Some of you, y'all can't even talk. You're so backed up, you can't even talk. Because if you open your mouth, tears are going to roll down your face because you're desperate, because you're starving for affection. And how can you be with somebody and there is no affection? There are children that their parents don't even pay attention to. There are children you know, they, they, they parents don't know if they was in basketball. They, they, they have no clue what's going on in the world of their children. And they wonder why a lot of our kids, our young men are joining the game. And you wonder why a lot of our young girls are running to the young boys and they're coming home with a baby. And then some try to say, you need to get rid of the baby. No, I'm not getting rid of my baby. Why? Because I want to be to my baby what you was never to me. Emotional abuse. That's when you shut your heart or you cause somebody to shut their heart towards you as a way of punishment. I'm not going to tell you I love you. I see you crying. I'm not going to ask you if you're okay. I know you're hurting. I'm not going to ask you do you want a pain reliever because I want you to suffer. I see you in pain, but you want me to recognize you, and I'll never do it. Because why? I said something that you did not agree with. Oh, I told you to do this, and you did not. Wicked-hearted people, wicked heart. To kill your heart, to kill your emotions is a very wicked-hearted person. Amen? Not saying that the others aren't wicked, but that one, too, is wicked. So we've spoken a little bit about verbal, sexual, physical, emotional. Now let's do a little about financial. You might say, well, how is financial abuse a thing? If he got a job and she got a job, how is financial abuse a thing? Well, this is how I tell y'all, my ex-husband, I call him the perfect chameleon. Whatever the atmosphere is, that's who he becomes. Whoever is there, that's who he is because he is what I call a classic narcissist. So we will, and I'm, I, I hope I can put together how 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 financial abuse and narcissism and, and being a perfect chameleon goes together. We bought a beautiful home. Beautiful home. Come to find out, he felt the only part of the mortgage that had to be taken care of, he paid half the mortgage. So the water, the electricity, my car, my student loan, my car insurance, gasoline, uh, we, had, we had electricity, and we had gas. So we had also uh, the alarm system. So you move into a house, you know, uh, blinds for the windows and everything. And I was paying everything. And what was he doing? He was using his money, take his homeboy out to the strip club and go out and and drink and pay for the drinks and stuff because now we live in this nice neighborhood and he has money to splurge and do all that. So that means they must be doing well. 
not realizing it got to the point where I was only able to make $50 worth of grocery every two weeks. Do you know what $50 worth of grocery gets you for two weeks? It gets you maybe a six-leg, a six-pack leg of chicken, maybe six wings. It gets you not the good ground beef, but the ground beef that come in that long tube. That's all the 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 fat and gristle that they chop up and make it look like ground beef. So that's getting one of the small chickens for 2 $3. That's buying rice. And out of the $50, at least $20 went to junk for him. So that would be popcorn. That would be peanut patties. That would be planter's peanuts. That would be the pop cereal. All these things, that was for him. So that means my daughter and I, we had to live on 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 30 bucks every two weeks to eat. Okay? So that is financial abuse. If you take the money or if who you're with take the money and it's all about them. I'm going to do my hair. I'm going to do my nails. I'm going to get me some new clothes. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And the brother is struggling, working two jobs, and you refusing to go to work, that's financial abuse. You abusing him, or that money that you have that you're using is supposed to come into the household. The Bible called wives help meet, not backbreakers. We are supposed to help our man. We 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 are supposed to to what they say the man is the head, but the woman is the neck. We're supposed to work together to to complete something. We're not supposed to be right and wrong. We're not supposed to be you up and I'm down. We it, It's a partnership. It's a team of two. And when you can't run, baby, I got you. Oh, oh yeah, I, I got you. I can't carry you. I'm going to put you on a piece of cardboard, and I'm going to drag you behind me, baby, because I got you like that. That is what you call financial abuse when he go into your account and he takes your money and he's when your money, you work, but you have no say-so over your money. You come home, you just give him the check, you cash it, and then he gives you what you need, what he thinks you need or she gives you because there are some men that work and he come home and he has to hand homegirl the check, okay? And it's like I say, it's not one better than the other. They're both scum because God did not tell you to take somebody's money and use it for you while they're in a place suffering where they cannot buy what they need to eat. I could I I went from getting my hair done every week to getting my hair done uh twice a week, uh twice a month, then went to getting my hair done maybe once a month, then went to getting my hair done maybe once every three months. And then he had the nerve to call me at work one day and tell me you're losing your looks. So what is that right there? That's verbal abuse. That's emotional abuse because I'm doing all I can to remain attractive to you, but you're telling me I'm losing my looks. So that tell me because I'm losing my looks, you're no longer interested in me mentally, physically, or emotionally. Okay? So uh, we have like seven minutes. So the next thing I want to talk about now, this right here is like humongous. A narcissist. Basically, this is the most basic way I can tell you what a narcissist is. A narcissist is the devil. (laughs) Remember when he said, I will ascend, I will rule, I, 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 I. Whenever you hear somebody, it's all about I, 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 me, me, me. I I did the hair, I cut the grass. I combed, I did this on the project at school. I did this, or oh, it's my house, or oh, this is what I want to see my wife drive. This is how I want to see. It's all a facade. Most narcissists are living a lie because they want to be so on top, they are willing to lie. And I learned how to lie. I'm not going to lie to you. And no pun intended. Um, I learned how to lie. 
because of my ex-husband. And I know you said, Diane, you mean to tell me as a grown woman you never lied before? I'm not telling you I never lied before. Ain't nobody perfect. Nobody ever lied except Jesus. But I did not know you can lie without saying a word. I did not know you can lie with a smile. I did not know you can lie because of the house and the neighborhood where you live in. And I learned all these things, and I gave him accolades. Oh, it's because of him. It's because of him. It's because. And not re- and the people didn't know I was carrying that whole house on my back. And I remember standing by the stove one day, and I said to the Lord, I'm tired of being the man in the house. Because the only thing that separated me and him was the fact that he had a penis. That's it. I was grown. He was grown. I was paying all the bills. He was paying half the mortgage, and that was it. So I was more of a man in the marriage. So how, I, how can I be a husband to myself and I'm a wife? I can't comfort myself. I can't hug. Well, I can't hug myself. I can encourage, but there are some days when you need somebody to hold you. There are some days when you need somebody to pray with you. There are some days when you need somebody to hold your hand. And another thing, he had a real issue with my relationship with God. You see, because God is a man. So I cannot get close to God. I have to stay closer to him because I get close to God. That means you know, I, I, it's like I'm having like an affair with God. So I can only I couldn't go to Bible study for one. There would be men at the Bible study for two. You know, but my prayer time with the Lord, I couldn't pray like I wanted to because He said to me before, "What is it that you have to say to God like that? You have to pray so long." Not realizing the only reason why I was sane and the only reason why I hadn't given him rat poison was because I was praying. Amen. So we have to come to the realization, and I'm going to say it again. If you see yourself in any of these relationships, a narcissist all about me, a narcissist tearing you down, a narcissist. If you do something, they have to try to come and outdo you. A narcissist, it's never their fault. It's always your fault. Why didn't you do it? Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you make it happen? They never take blame for anything because in their own eyes, like I said, they're they're Satan. They're perfect in their own eyes. It's all about me. I don't my my ex husband would go and he would buy food and he would come home and he would sit there and he would eat. And he would buy nothing for my daughter and I. Nothing. He would go and he would he would wash his car. He would wash his sister's car. And I would say, are you going to wash my car? And all of a sudden, just to ask that, I was wrong. It's okay for his sister because that's family. But it's not okay for me. I'm the, I'm the wife. Amen. So I just want to, I, I hope tonight, you learn a few things, and I pray tonight if you found yourself or if you see yourself in any aspect of these categories, I pray that you make the right decision and that you walk away from that. And I know you said, Diane, I have uh, children. We're going to have to cover that another day. But until then, I just want to thank you for being here with me. Please go to Facebook, author Diane Lubrin, and uh Follow me there, lubrandbooks.com. There you can purchase my books. Also register at, at lubrandbooks.com. Thank you for being with me again, Father God, in the name of Jesus. We want to thank you. Lord, we bless you. We glorify your name. Father, I pray the words that have been spoken. I pray, God, that it opened the eyes of somebody, that it let somebody know, God, that you love them and where they are is not love. Father, I thank you and I bless you. I thank you, guys for being with me. I love you guys. Pastor Chris, Sister Shanice, I love you guys. Walk with me, family. Let's go.
KPV Radio, Central Texas.